The Great Bible Reset is a podcast devoted to counteracting the great economic reset of Klaus Schwab using Bible lessons and theory. Thank you to boomers-alive.com for sponsoring this podcast and the Kingsway Classical Academy. This week, we are continuing our study on the great books of Western civilization and their effect on our current economical and spiritual crisis. And now your host, Oliver Woods. Well, welcome, everybody. You are at greatbiblereset.com, where we're exploring the question of what is God's great controversy with America and indeed the whole world. And uh, this is Oliver Woods. And you may recall when things weren't going well in Puritan New England, the first question they would always ask is, what is God's great controversy with New England? And then they would pray and fast and the, the, the pastors would preach and um, and things would get better. So, you know, things are certainly not going well in America today, as everybody knows. So we want to you know, talk about Klaus Schwab's um, great reset into tyranny versus God's great, God's great Bible reset into liberty under law. And where are we with all of that today? And, uh, you know, I haven't been in every church in America and, you know, nobody has, but why is it we never seem to hear anything about this or not much about it, about the need for a national covenant renewal with God? And so today we've got, as our special guest, uh, Reverend Dr. Paul Michael Raymond to, to, to discuss this and help us um, get some insight on this question and how uh, he's seeing um, a gradual manifestation of just such a, a, a bib, bib, biblical covenant in um, Appomattox, Virginia. So, um, and, 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 and um, my, in my opinion is that Pastor Raymond is one of our premier pastors in America in, in his ability to relate the scripture to not only our individual lives, but to our, our public life as well. So, so maybe you can tell us a little bit more uh, briefly about your ministry, uh, Pastor Raymond, both in Appomattox and in, um, in Africa as well, right? Well, yeah, in Ethiopia, we have a seminary there. Actually, we're assisting, now we're assisting two seminaries. One is a, an explicitly uh, Christocentric uh, reform seminary. The other one is, uh, it, it's a uh, more of a Lutheran kind of seminary, but we're helping them to understand a little bit more of the Reformed faith. So I've, I've agreed to lecture some of their students as well. And of course, here we have the New Geneva Christian Leadership Academy. It is a college as well as a grad school and seminary. But we're also very active in our community. And I think what we're seeing, as, 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 you, know, as you, Dr. Woods, have, have laid this out, what we're seeing is the, it used to be a gradual slide into, uh, into paganism. Uh, it was very subtle at one point. I think now we're we're seeing a ratcheting up, a, a, a slide very quickly, not only into paganism, but a slouching to Gomorrah. And that is because the Christian church has failed in her commission to be the watchman and the mouthpiece for what is good and righteous in the communities. So we've allowed, because of bad theology, because of a lackadaisical attitude toward education, the education of the young people now, and we've spoken about this so often, you and I, Dennis, uh, what's happening is the Christian parent, even though they're home educating, they're home educating with the improper goal, many times the improper 
understanding of theology and the commission of the Christian. So even though you've got this homeschool community, we don't necessarily have the impact by that community on the local community, whether it's locally, statewide, nationally, and certainly not globally. So, so those are the problems that we face today. A lackadaisicalness, mostly training our children not to, not to advance the crown rights of Christ and the kingdom of God on earth in time and in history, but to get a good job, to make sure they're moral and they're pietistic and so on and so forth. And that is not the call of the Christian, nor is it the call for the, uh, the home educating parent. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. So, so um, maybe we could talk a little bit about how. Okay. How does this idea of national covenant tie into that? You know, is it? Um, you know, we have examples in the Old Testament. For example, in Second Kings, I think it's Second Kings twenty-three. It says, uh, and it's talking about Josiah's reform, where he said, um, it says the king stood by the pillar, and made a covenant with the Lord to walk after the Lord, to keep his commandments and testimonies and statutes with all his heart and all his soul. And then the people stood to the covenant. So it's like the king was leading the people into a covenant uh, with God. Um, and, um, and there's many examples of that throughout scripture, where either the covenant that God gave and then, and then it was renewed by the people. And are we, have we gotten away from that too much, do you think? And is that why we're, we're struggling? Well, well, yes, you're absolutely right. Well, it all stems from bad theology. And what you have now in the mainline evangelical denominations is a dichotomy between law and grace, as if they're opposite. Because God is the lawgiver, Everything he says in his word, both Old and New Testament, it's one seamless garment. I say all the time, if you read the Old Testament, you find the New Testament in there. And then if you read the New Testament, you find the Old Testament in there. So they're, they're one seamless garment. But what, what you find whenever God speaks in his, in his inscripturated word, in the word of God, he is declaring law. And it is that construct, the divine law by the lawgiver, that construct, which governments, not only churches, but governments, not only families, but governments, nations. Remember what Christ said in Matthew 28, that he wanted us to go out and disciple nations, which implies a national um, covenant responsibility, a covenantal responsibility. So we do have as a national structure, as a national entity, not only America, but but all, all, all human nations, all nations that are within the human uh, experience, they're all obliged, they're, they're obligated, they're going to be held accountable and responsible to functioning according to the law of God. And that's what Josiah did. He just, he found the law and he said, okay, here's how we have to structure our community. Here's how we have to structure the nation. And that has never changed. But because of bad theology, we believe, and I say we, churches and civil magistrates, we believe, we've been made to believe by the pagans, by the influence of, of government schools, we have been made to believe that we can safely ignore God and his law and be free from the chastisement of God. We can ne neglect the law of God 
and be uh, safe from the, the judgment of God. And that is certainly patently untrue. Yeah, I've, um, that's a good point. I, you know, I, I've heard a, a, just recently, or I hear a lot of, a lot of times, um, uh, people will say, or even you know, pastors and leaders, Christian leaders will say, um, you know, the U.S. U.S. Constitution. Um, they'll, they'll point to the structural aspects of the Constitution, like the federalism and the um, the division of power, both vertically and horizontally. And and they'll they'll and then they'll say, well, this, these things are found in Scripture, which I think is probably true. Um, but then they 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 say that well, that's good enough, you know. And and um, in fact, I heard an illustration recently that one uh, one one pastor said, you know, if a, if a Martian came to Earth and, and and read the U.S. Constitution and observed our way of government, he would think, wow, what a what a wonderful, you know, um, how thinly the, the the authority is spread over all these different things. And um, and then you know this is a, the most conservative document we've we've ever seen you know in in history or recent history or things like that, and 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 they ignore I think the um, you know it's, the the Constitution seems to have this Republican skeleton, but then it, it it it's like it has a Democratic heart you know when you look at the preamble, you look at aspects of Article Six and so forth. Um, any thoughts on that? That you know that distinction? Where are we settling for? for less than we should be settling for. Well, the Constitution is not a divine document. And a lot of people will say, oh, yeah, it's divine. And it's, it's not. It's not. The scriptures are, are, are divine. They're inspired, not the Constitution. So the Constitution doesn't go far enough. And where it errs from Holy Scripture, that's where we need to make the changes. Now, are there good points to the Constitution? Yes. In Kingsway, Great Books course, the entire course, the way I teach that is, I, I like to, I, I, I don't want to just destroy every single individual that we, we study in the Kingsway Great Books courses. Uh, but for the most part, they always fall at that same point that natural law theorist always goes astray because they're not using the revelation of God, they're using the reason of man. And I think that's what we need to discuss. Uh, because once you use the, the reason of man, which is fallen and fallible, and it is very easily manipulated in the wrong way, then we can get off the mark. We have to go back to the law of God. Now, here's the rub. And this is a rub. And I get this question all the time. It's never a matter of law or no law. Or, or constitution and, and no constitution. It's always whose constitution, whose law, whose covenant. Okay, so we want to make sure that we have God as our foundational structure for all law and jurisprudence. He defines what is right. He defines what is wrong, what is good, what is evil, what is light, what is darkness. He alone is the one who defines that. When we depart from that and then place man as the arbiter of, of right and wrong. That's the slippery slope whereby America has fallen. And that's why we're in the mess we're in. And if you don't know we're in the mess that we're in such a mess, the mess is beyond what anyone, even myself, as I uncover uh, more wretchedness, wickedness, debauchery, and perversion, in the fabric of our nation and in the minds of the people of our nation, I'm astounded. So we don't even know how bad it is. We know why it's bad. We just don't know how bad it is. 
So we, we have to remember, man is always, naturally speaking, in rebellion against God because he wants to be God. So in order to be God, he has to manufacture reality according to his own mind. And that's where we go astray. So the Constitution hasn't gone far enough. We, need, we, need, we certainly need um, uh, to, to rethink it and bring in the law of God into the mix. The problem I think that we all face and what people always come back to me with is, well, how, how do we apply it? These are, uh, these are uh, antiquated uh, me means of uh, restoration. How do, we, how do we apply that to a modern day? And that's a discussion we need to take. We need, to, we need not to be afraid because God, I believe, will guide us in how to apply certain laws of Scripture, which are all, of course, you know, we always legislate morality. That's what law is, is the legislation of morality. And then find out how do we apply it to the modern world that we live in. And that's what we should be teaching our children, how to apply the Word of God to every aspect of reality according to the dictates of Scripture. Yeah, I think we, um, you know, there's a lot of discussion about, the, you know, Christian nationalism recently and uh, a recent uh, best-selling book uh, by a Christian author. And he makes that, I, I, it seems like he makes that that uh, mistake in the beginning in the introduction where he says, I'm, I'm laying a foundation of political theory on which um, a, a edifice of political theology can then be built you know and it seems like that's i think that's what you're talking about it's, it's almost it should be the other way around um but um you know there, there is a lot of um a lot of history uh american christian history authors out there saying you know if we can just get back to the original intent of the u.s constitution then god will be happy you know and we will be happy and, and everything will be like it like it used to be uh so what, what, what's your well, I'll, you say this, I'll say this. I'll say that. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll say this. We'll be happier, but in the future, we're going to be in the same place that we are today. Okay. So will we be happier? Yeah. But will, be, will, will we be able to maintain our happiness? And the answer is no, because we haven't been able to anyway. So, so yeah, so the Constitution is not the silver bullet. Could it be a help? Well, certainly it could be a help, uh, but it's the Word of God that's going to get us back on the right track. Because only by the Word of God, only by... Following God's word will be will we be blessed, and uh, unless we follow the word of God, we should never expect God to bless us because we're following the the dictates of of man. And when it departs from the word of God, that's where the rub comes into play. Yeah. It, well, and how about this? Let's get into just a little bit on this religious testos idea. Um, the Interesting to note that um, about a, a year prior to the uh, Constitutional Convention, Jefferson and Madison uh, met together and uh, drafted a document known as the Virginia Statute of Religious Liberty. And in it, um, they make certain, well, one statement that stands out to me is, um, a man's opinions about religion have no more to do with his qualification for public office than his opinions about geometry or any other science. And um, so they, 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 they just dismiss the, um, you know, uh, the importance uh, or, or the need for religion as, or, uh, as an undergirding of, of law and civil government. Uh, and this is, um, this appears on Jefferson's, you can Google Jefferson's tombstone and actually see that this was 
this document, along with the Declaration of Independence, were his two, both are mentioned on his tombstone. <laughs> he thought they, that was very important. And it seems like uh, that was apparently carried into the um, Article 6 of the Constitution, where it says, this, no religious task shall ever be required for any lo- any uh, office or public trust under these United States. And that seems to contradict many of the colonial documents, which required some a religious, a religious test like that in some form. Um, so what, so what are your thoughts on that? Well, the, the, prob- the problem there is the, the way the founders were thinking was no religious test as far as Baptists, Lutherans, Presbyterians, Methodists, so forth. The, the problem, though, with the statement is everyone's religious. Everyone has a religious presupposition. There's no such thing, it's a myth, there's no such thing as a non-religious person. Everyone believes something. That is defined by religion. So you can't say, um, we're not going to have a religious test. We should ask, what do you believe? Uh, do you have a theology of the state? Do you have a theology of, of, of government? Do you have a, th- a theology of politics and law? What do you believe? And we do that today. Actually, when we, when we vet a political candidate, we're asking him about his religious presuppositions on this thing or that thing. Now, we don't call it religion, but that's what it is. So, so we, we have to understand uh, everyone's religious. So if you have someone who's, who's obviously a pagan, who has uh, uh, political leanings towards socialism, communism, tyranny, fascism, whatever it is, that's a religious basis. That's his foundation. That's his belief structures, his, his worldview networked with all of these different things. And that's what he believes. And he's going he's gonna to function. Everyone functions according to their, their fundamental presuppositions about their belief structure. But with the Enlightenment uh, colonists, they had the poison, I have to say, of Enlightenment thinkings, whether it was the French Enlightenment, the Scottish or the English Enlightenment, they were Enlightenment thinkers. So now this idea of the Enlightenment, which is really the poison, which really is poisoning um, what happened after the Puritans, because with the Puritans, even the Puritans had a little bit of the natural law problems uh, 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 within their theology, but it wasn't as pronounced as the colonists. And once you go down that road of enlightenment thinking, then man becomes uh, the arbiter of, of truth and, and what is right and wrong. He becomes uh, the dictator of good and evil. Uh, but because everyone in during the colonial period was pseudo-Christianish, uh, let me say moral moralists, uh, they wanted they they had a sense of right and wrong, it wasn't biblically founded. It was in their na- natural makeup as being in cre- created in the image of God, but they weren't they weren't as detailed as they needed to be, and that was the slippery slope that brought America down to the point that we're in now. Yes, yeah, in, you know, in Scripture, it um, it seems like God is. He, he's, he's in a sense he's looking for reasons to show mercy you know all right well thank you for your time pastor raymond um we really appreciate it. these are really good thoughts and uh be sure um visit uh newgeneva.us for those who are looking for a solid bible, uh, bible seminary as well as um 
other career choices. Well, you know, what does the Bible say about um, various career choices, how to evaluate that? Um, pastor Raymond is, is equipped to, to help, um, you know, with the pastor, but not just the pastorate. And, and also Kingsway Classical Academy, where um, he teaches the great books for grades uh, 7 through 12. And um, this, this can be a really a low-cost alternative as well um, for homeschoolers um, or anybody, really, um, a complete uh, classical Christian uh, curriculum there. And uh, there's, a, um, there's a free book you can pick up related to what we've been talking about, the Book of the Covenant, in the bookstore there at kingswayclassicalacademy.com. And so we, um, we look forward to um, meeting you with you again next Tuesday uh, for a discussion of Marsiglio of Padua. So uh, until then, we, uh, we'll say goodbye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more episodes, visit greatbiblereset.com. And to help support the podcast and Kingsway Classical Academy, visit our sponsor at boomers-alive.com. To learn how to get your high school diploma and bachelor's degree on the same day, visit kingswayclassicalacademy.com and save up to $100,000 on college tuition. 